It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the 211 Renault and Dacia range. Get your card delivered to you in just a couple of clicks. Call us today to find out more or visit blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. Welcome, welcome to Late Lunch. Hope you had a lovely Easter weekend. The weather was grand, wasn't it? It was mild the first part and be God, she'd cut you now. Oh, the wind and there was sleet and you name it. Four seasons in one day as I made my way in here today. Hope you're keeping well wherever you are. School's still out. All back next Monday, please God. Uh, But I hope you're enjoying the holiday as best you can with the restrictions. We have a fine lineup for you on Late Lunch this afternoon. My artist of the week. Oh, you'll enjoy him, I promise you. He's a legend when it comes to uh, music. He was born in Texas. That's all I'll tell you at the moment. Born in Texas, this man, many moons ago. Who is he, if you care to guess? 86 I'll give you a couple of clues as we travel on through the show. We're touching base today with Aisha Jalali. She is the Dundalk Grammar School Leaving Cert student who we've been talking to since last year. We'll see how she's getting on. The exams are getting ever so close. Roger Yates is with us. Yes, he's an animal rights activist and founder of the Vegan Information Project. And he's appearing on Sleeping with the Enemy on TV tomorrow night. So Roger with us on the show a little bit later on. A very interesting guy. Always is. And uh, again, uh, we're going to... uh, hear from Sinead Burke at some stage in the show. Yes, she brings her another of her observations on life. If you want to get in touch with us on the show 086-1800-658 WhatsApp or text me or you can call in on 1850-715-958 Now, Easter it was and what an Easter it's been for two men from the Wee County. As you know, here in the radio station we've been working with the Loud County Board for quite some time on their pick-a-house GAA draw, the funds going towards the new stadium in Dundalk and uh, not one but two houses up for grabs and the raffle took place on Sunday evening. Colin Hoy and Michael Mooney were the names that came out of the hat and they're both on the line to chat to me. Hello Colin and Michael. Hello. How are you? Thanks very much for joining me on the show today. Colin, if I could start with yourself, your name was first out of the hat. Tell me how you found out, were you tuned in on what happened? We were we were tuned in. I was listening to it on on the radio, and um, it must have been a slight delay on the feed. So about thirty seconds before it was announced, we started getting text messages to say congratulations, you've won the house. And I said, no, we haven't. Sure, I'm listening to it. 
on the radio. <laughs> so we didn't believe it. <laughs> and we actually heard the name being called out then. So the place was bedlam then, yeah. I can just imagine it. The place fell apart, did it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you were all gathered round listening and out comes the name Colin Hoy. When did you buy the ticket, Colin? Um, I bought a couple of tickets for that at that time on Christmas Eve 2019. So that was one of the ones to come out. Right, so your ticket was bought quite a time ago in the early yeah. phase of, of uh, the draw ticket yeah. sales. You bought back then two tickets and, and yeah. one of them ca- came out. Can you know, <laughs> can you believe, you know, when you, you hear this, you have to pinch yourself and think, is it true? Is it me? Is it really me? Yeah, no, it still, still hasn't sunk in yet. But I said, starting to everybody is still congratulating me and all that. So it's been great, great support about yeah. the village and from from throughout the county it's been brilliant yeah you're a well known mock this man so a big win for the mock this yeah (laughs) (laughs) isn't it just great the congratulations I know have been flowing into you and I want to say congratulations to you too and health aware it's a wonderful piece of luck were you ever fortunate in your life before in any draw or lotto or raffle or anything like that no no, never won anything else. That's why I wasn't even expecting to win <laughs> anything. I was just tuning in to see who did win it, but um, never won anything. Yeah. And you now have the choice. There are two houses, one in Black Rock and one in Drogheda. Do you mind me asking you, have you made up your mind yet or are you still thinking about it? Um, Still thinking about it, yeah. Yeah. I'd say in the next day or so, yeah. You'll make a decision. Yeah. Are you going to take a house, Colin? Because there is yes. a cash option as well. Yeah, no, I'm taking a house. Okay, so you are going to actually pick one of those houses. Tremendous, it really is. So you had two tickets, was that it? Was it two tickets in the drum? That was it? I had six. Oh, had you? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. You're great supporters of the county and to buy that number of tickets is is fantastic. Well, look at... Great cause, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about, you have your own home? Yes. And have you children? Three, three girls, yeah. Oh, I'm sure they were just chuffed, <laughs> were they? <laughs> oh, just this delight and joy. It's so yeah. nice to hear somebody having uh, such wonderful fortune. Stay there a minute, because I have the yeah. other man on the line who yeah. also won. Michael Mooney, hello. How are you doing, Jerry? I'm good. You're the Geraldines. That's right, Jerry. And tell me about your ticket. Was yours in the in the mix a long time, or is it a recent purchase? No, just bought a couple of weeks ago, Jerry. Or two of them are part in McDonald, and I already had one from about six months ago. Right. So you're a very recent. It just shows you, doesn't you? It, doesn't it? In the context of these things, uh, Colin with the ticket a long time, and you're literally in the final furlong of the race. You, you bought yeah, these yeah. tickets. Isn't there a story though about the tickets? Tell me. Does does it does somebody else? You were buying for somebody else these last two tickets, were you? Yeah, yeah. My wife's brother was home from America. He's been over there for a long time, twenty five or six years, and we just said as a, as a birthday present, we'll buy him a, a ticket. <coughs> then I bought one for ourselves as well along with it so that's how it happened to it was nearly meant to be was it well so to say I don't care <laughs> I'm sure you don't Michael so just come back to those two tickets did you decide which one you gave to your wife's relation or did they have a pick themselves I, I rang Paul at McDonald's from the Geraldines and asked him had any tickets left and I gave him the names over the phone right of the two the two names for the two tickets and that's how it happened. It happened that my name was on the one. 
the winning one. There you are. The luck of the draw, as they say. It could have easily gone the other way as well. But listen, (laughs) why I say it was meant to be, because you were around the house sort of trying to buy those last two tickets, weren't you? I did. I actually went went into an establishment in Dundalk and I didn't have the girl who was looked after wasn't there at the time and he wanted me to call back. And I said, all right, okay, I'll call back tomorrow. So I rang them local uh, garden centre, Haggerson Garden Centre, and they had sent the remainders of those back um, to Podrick. So I rung Podrick then and that's the way it went. You got the tickets. My, you were you were round the house, as I said, to try yeah. and get these tickets. Yeah. That's for yeah. sure. Tell us yeah. about your family. You have your home, I take, a long time. You mentioned your wife there as well. Have you children? Um? We have two girls. Ah, oh, good man. I have, two, I, have, I have two girls of my own and I have a stepson and a stepdaughter. Lovely, lovely. So there you are, four very happy siblings indeed, right across the family with the win. Where did you hear or how were you fixed on Sunday when the draw happened? Oh, we were sitting uh, in, in the sitting room watching it on the, on the iPad. Right. And so the wife got a kind of a seizure on the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> she says, you won, a, you won the house. That's true. I said, oh, is it? All right. <laughs> You're a cool customer, Michael. That's what she said to me, you know. But she, <laughs> I looked at her, I looked at her again to make sure she wasn't telling me. Then I had my name, so I said, "Okay, confirmation." Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a great one. Seizure on the sofa. I'll remember that one for a while. That's a lovely way to put it. All right, with with the excitement. I like like Colin yourself. I, I take it the good wishes have just been pouring in ever since. Oh, it's just mad, 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 Jerry. Yeah, mad. Mm, it's great, isn't it? I know you're a great GA man. You follow uh, Arma, is it? That's right. Wonder who told you that? Ah, I know. I, I don't mind who tells me. I have to find these things out. You're a big Arma supporter. That's right, that's right. Well, that's one from originally. Yes, I'm sure you remember. I remember it well when they won the All-Ireland. I remember travelling back with the team to the border. Yeah, those days were fantastic, that's weren't right, they? That's right. I was the car behind the bus. Were you? Yeah. <laughs> well, indeed, yeah. isn't it a small world? God, I often think about that team, Michael. They really oh. should have won more All-Irelands. They were great, oh, weren't they? Indeed, we should have won more. Yeah. yeah. Look, one was great. Yeah, yeah, they were a great side round then. So looking for you, uh, I mentioned Colin's going to pick one of the houses, so then you'll be, you'll have either the choice of the other one or there is a cash alternative. Have you made up your mind? Do you mind me asking? Well, now that Jerry's taken the house in Black Rocks, so we'll probably take the money. We don't know. Yeah. If he is. We, don't, yeah. we haven't really... We haven't really Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your decision to make. And again, that's still still in the melting pot. And we have to mention as well, Jason Finley from RD, because Jen, Jason's was the third uh, name to come out and he won big as well. And congratulations to him. Oh, congratulations to him. Yeah. Colin, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Colin, um, back to you as, as the, the number one man with the, with the big choice to make. Um, you know, when you, when you think about this in your lifetime, it must be one of the biggest wins, Colin, anybody can ever experience to win a house like yeah I think I think it's the best you could never imagine what it feels like to win it because it, it means so much to in these in these days as well to have something like that to have a, a house mortgage free Mm. Um, it's just fantastic, like just over the moon. Yeah, it's such, it really is such a lift. You, uh, what about you? Do you play anymore? I know you played extensively. No, no, no. Retired, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you hung up the boots. What about the mock? This, what's the hopes for the season ahead? I think uh, with the luck we're having in the village, I'd say at the minute, yeah, I think we win the senior championship. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so get your bobs. Get your bobs on the mock this folks. See you listening today. A big tip from Colin Hoy, and he is the man with the luck flown out of him at this stage that the Mockers are gonna win the championship. Whoa, big one. What about the Jairs, Michael? What what do you think for the Jairlands? Oh yeah, I think they're gonna go well, yeah. Yeah. So two men very confident that the clubs are gonna go well. And we want to see them back, don't we? We want to see oh, yeah action on the field yeah. again we really yeah. do We've, we're starved of it it really is it's been such a tough time for everybody and boys I want to say as well I come back to you again and say and to everybody who purchased tickets and supported the, the big goal here is that the stadium will be delivered in Dundalk a home for loud GA after all these years and it's fantastic to think that this draw is going to really put that right on the on the map now that that's going to happen yeah, no, they've done brilliant, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they've done brilliant. They really, they really, really have. Well, listen, boys, it's great. You'll remember Easter 2021 yeah. forevermore. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what luck and joy. And uh, look, I thank you for joining me on the show today. And I'm always thrilled for people who, uh, you know, have the touch or the rub of the green or the fortune or whatever. I really do. And I always mean this to say, may your health be great in the years ahead to enjoy and your families as well. And congratulations again to both of you gentlemen thank you very much Charlie. take you. care of yourselves thank you for joining me thank you colin thank you michael take care now bye 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 that's uh, michael mooney there and colin hoy they won a house each <laughs> i could just i don't know I'd, I'd go mad myself like i just i don't know what i'd do i really would well done to them and well done to Loud GAA. It was a long campaign, a hard campaign, hit by COVID, but at the end of the day, they got there and they raised huge, huge funds for the stadium and they have to be admired. They really do. What would you do if you had luck like that? I don't know. I won three euro on the lot of myself Saturday night. <laughs> three euro and I was thrilled. Can you imagine how I'd be feeling if I won a blimmin' house? Oh my God almighty. Look, I want to mention somebody... Now, before we head to our first break on the show today, I want to mention a man called Pat Dunn. And I spoke to Pat uh, this morning and I'm very grateful to him because Pat, uh, late last week, left a gift in here in LMFM for me. And I'll tell you what it was. It was a milk bottle. And you think, a milk bottle? No, but a very special and rare milk bottle. Because you see, this bottle was cast 30 years ago in 1990 as a limited edition by Premier Dairies in Dublin and it was to commemorate Ireland qualifying for the World Cup finals and it is a beautiful milk bottle the engraving on it um, marking the occasion the names Jack Charlton's on it and the players as well and different little bits on the bottle and Pat acquired two of them Pat Dunn he lives in Black Rock just outside Dundalk and he has been listening uh, to my 40 days and nights for Slav and he dropped up here and left in this bottle and he said I have two and it says here's the little note it says Jerry just a little thank you for doing your charity walk my uncle gave me these two 30 years ago when he worked in the Rings End Blast company I have two and I just thought well do I need two I'm going to give one to Jerry isn't that just so touching it really is Pat I can tell you the bottle it's in pride of place in our one of our cabinets at home where we put the uh, you know the different things that mean a lot to us over our lifetimes and your bottle is there in pride of place and I thank you sincerely for the lovely lovely gesture to give me only uh, one of two that you have and I'd say there ain't too many of them still about anybody listening today have uh, a bottle, that milk bottle, commemorating, you know, Italian 90, issued by Premier Dairies 30 years ago, if you have, 
or you've anything to say about it, give me a shout on the show. Love to hear from you. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me now. The lines are open. Or you can call in on 1850-715-958. We've bumped him a little bit later this Tuesday. He will forgive us. We're looking at COVID. What's happening? The latest with Professor Paul Moyna next. No, my artist of the week is not Len Campbell. He will be one week, I promise you. He was a member, this uh, fella, of uh, the Wink Westerners. That was uh, a band he was a member of. That was his first band, actually. So who am I talking about? Who is my artist of the week? Member of the Wink Westerners. Now, a little bit later than usual, he's head of the Department of Biology, director of the Human Health Research Institute at Maynooth University. We bumped him off for good reason today. I hope he forgives me. Professor Paul Miner, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jerry. Yeah, it's good to hear that good news. Uh, yes, yeah. it is, Paul, isn't it? It's great, great, great that people are celebrating the a double win, two winners of houses in the Wee County this afternoon. It was great success for them, Paul. Absolutely, no, it was brilliant. Brilliant to hear that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we wish uh, the county board well with the new stadium as well. Paul, thank you for joining us again. Um, latest news coming to us today: one in six now vaccinated, says the minister. ICU numbers way down from the January peak. Hospitalizations. Are you concerned after the Easter that the uh, the good figures and good news may take a little knock? I think that the, the numbers were low yesterday. It's difficult to know was that due to the weekend effect in terms of people, maybe fewer people coming along for testing. So we'll know more about that over the, the coming days and looking at the five and seven day uh, averages. So certainly the, we, we know the vaccines work really well. And obviously in terms of the cohorts that have already been vaccinated, we've seen that having a really good uh, effect already. So as you say, one in six, that's one in six who at least got their first dose. So uh, And hopefully now... It's going to be rolled out at an even greater rate. We're, we're looking now over the coming this month and the following two months to get up to about a million per month. So that's really going to take off. So hopefully we will be able to reach those levels and that that will make a big difference. Mm. And I get the impression, Paul, as well, from the weekend, even seeing the Aviva Stadium open there and uh, there are other designated mass vaccination sites that this really is going to take off. Just one thing on the vaccine. There's been a lot of talk about the jab and what it protects you against and the variants. Good news that it seems to deal with a number of the variants. And I heard somebody saying that perhaps, you know, when you get a jab, it'll do you long term. Yeah, so so one of the vaccines, for example, the Johnson Johnson that has been proved, that's just a single uh, jab. Um, AstraZeneca one, you get really good protection after the first dose and the first administration. And actually, the second administration is not recommended to give the second administration until 12 weeks later, and it's better if you leave it for that length of time. So you, you immediately get protection. Yeah, there's good news coming out about, you know, in terms of the vaccines working against the variants. There were some concerns that you may lose some of the immunity, especially the neutralizing effect of the antibodies. That's still a possibility, but you have another form of immunity, the T-cell immunity, that resolves any infection and eliminates it. Uh, and again, that seems to be resistant, and you'd probably expect that. So I think that's really good news. Uh, so going forward, obviously, you know, the limiting step up until now has been supply. So hopefully as supply becomes less of an issue, will be able to be uh, rolled out in a very efficient manner and as soon as they come in to administer them as soon as possible. Back to the numbers, Paul, for a moment. Uh, they're still high and there's concern, you know, that they've plateaued. But with the walk-in testing now, surely we're going to see numbers uh, even perhaps rise because more people are being tested ad hoc. Yeah, so the more, the more you test, obviously, the more positive cases, the more confirmed cases there will be. 
Um, but again, they're, they're limited in terms of numbers. There's a number of them around the country. Um, this the positivity rate has probably been higher than I would have expected. So it's about three four percent. Maybe a lot of them that are presenting for testing maybe feel to have symptoms and are going that way rather than being referred through uh, their GPs. Maybe some people would prefer that walk-in system. And some countries have that. Some countries, like Denmark, for example, you know, we're doing, what, around 20,000 tests per day. Denmark, similar population to our own, did test 10 times more. So that gives you an idea. And again, they're walk-in centres. You can just walk in, be tested. Um, so the, the more we test, I think, the better that you identify more cases. So, But as you say, because this hasn't been done previously and it's only been introduced over the last couple of weeks, it would probably add uh, somewhat to the, to the numbers of confirmed cases. Would you add more countries if you had your choice to the quarantine list? Because at the moment where the virus is gone wild again in mainland Europe, Italy, Germany and such like, uh, and yet they're not on the quarantine list. Is it important that they're added? Yeah, so there's two reasons why you would probably add quarantine. One is in terms of you know reducing uh, the seeding of new cases in the country from countries that have a higher prevalence of uh, viral transmission. So that's one reason. And the second reason, and that that's more of an issue and that's more important when the numbers are very low. When the numbers are very high, if people come in from other countries where the, the prevalence is lower, it's probably less of an issue. But the, the main uh, point now is in terms of trying to limit the introduction of these variants. Um, my own view on that, Jerry, is it's very difficult. I think it's going to be very difficult to limit the introduction of these. In fact, the variants are already here. And, you know, we've, be, we've begun to see probably some level of community transmission that's independent of travel. Um, I, I can see the point in terms of trying to limit because we're not sure as of yet in terms of we certainly know some of the variants like the UK one, but that, that is responsible for 90% of cases here at the minute. So that's already embedded itself in this country. Obviously, we, tr- we want to try to limit the introduction of other variants that we're not quite sure in terms of will the bypass at least some aspects of the immunity that's conferred by the vaccines. The only thing I would say there is that when this is introduced, you need some exit strategy in terms of when you're going to lift this because these variants aren't going to disappear. They're going to be here with us indefinitely. Mm. So at some stage in the future, you're going to have to decide you know, when this will be lifted. At the very least, it would probably serve to delay the introduction of the variants and give us a better chance in terms of rolling out the vaccine. But at some stage in the future, we're going to have to open up. And again, the risk will still remain there for the introduction of these variants. We hear today good news. The other side of the world, New Zealand and Australia, are easing their travel bans. Uh, And I see Boris is going for a point in the UK next week. All encouraging, Paul. It is, yeah. Now, the New Zealand and uh, Australia, that sort of bilateral agreement between both countries, because both countries have almost essentially sort of, um, well, New Zealand especially has got to, to zero COVID. Um, Australia less so, so, but Australia had been allowing travel from New Zealand, whereas now I think New Zealand is also allowing travel now from uh, Australia. But both of them are quite unique in terms of the level of transmission of the virus community level is zero or at very, very low levels. Um, but I think you will begin to see, and that's, that's, that's a good sign. With respect to the UK, I think it's encouraging in the sense that you begin to see, and we've already seen, the effectiveness of of mass rollout of the vaccine programme. So the numbers that have been vaccinated in the UK are way ahead of us, and similarly in Northern Ireland, way ahead of us. So I think that's a really good sign because there has to be some benefits in terms of rolling out the vaccination programme. It'll be interesting to see, and we will 
we will see not only, for example, in countries like Israel, but we'll now begin to see in UK, as restrictions are lifted, what the risks are associated with lifting of those restrictions in essentially a vaccinated population. So again, that, that will give us you know, some indication in terms of what we should be doing when more of our population uh, is vaccinated. But it will also introduce potential challenges and discussions when you begin to see, for example, Northern Ireland, where restrictions are lifted, um, and then maybe some pressure will come on us then in terms of lifting of restrictions. But we're, we're some way behind. That's why it's really important now over the coming months where supply is less of an issue. And as I said, we're going to get up to hopefully one million vaccinations per month. We should be catching up in that respect as well. And Paul, just before we finish, um, the roadmap uh, issued since we spoke last week by the Taoiseach. It's slow, it's ponderous in the view of many people, but, uh, you know, a little more patience needed, perhaps. Some, some patience, I think, as well. Probably we could probably do with looking at maybe some of the low-risk areas. We've been slow. There was a report there. I'm not sure if you saw it, Jerry, and maybe some of your listeners have. You know, there was a report there in the Irish Times this morning about the risk of outdoor transmission. I think there was only one in a thousand, you know, of, of you know, trace cases being due to outdoor transmission. So we, we and we've already known, we've known that for some time, that the risk of transmission outdoors is very, very low. So that probably arose for some regular room in terms of introducing rather than being, as you said, ponderous in terms of lifting some of the restrictions, especially those pertaining to outdoor activity. We can, I think we could probably speed up things like that. And looking at other activities, whether it be click and collect or other activities that have relatively low risk, I think we should certainly begin to look at them, trying to help people and trying to at least begin the process of opening up society again. Paul, as usual, thank you so much for your invaluable advice and opinion on the show again today. Uh, Take care and I'm sure we'll be chatting again shortly. Take care, Jerry. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's brilliant. Professor Paul Moyna there, Head of the Department of Biology, Director of Human Health Research Institute at Maynooth University. I'm getting your messages, your WhatsApps and texts. I'm coming back to them, I promise you. But we're heading now to news and weather at two in the company of Damien Rice. The Italian 90 milk bottle that I received a gift of. Caroline Burke has one. She WhatsApped me in a picture, but it's slightly different, Caroline, to mine. But it is World Cup final experience bottle as well. And it is a milk bottle. Rose Healy has a bottle like mine. Nice to hear from you, Rose, this afternoon. Uh, A Liverpool fan has given me jip about Arsenal. No need to give me jip. This is the worst Arsenal team I think I've ever seen in my life. A crowd of wuzzes. That's all they are. Uh, I, I, I just don't get me started about them. They're so bad. They're simply awful. Well done to Liverpool. Beat them easy the weekend. And you have guessed my artist of the week, Liverpool fan. Yes, you have indeed. But others haven't. I'll give you another clue. His second group that he was part of was called the Teen Kings. Who is my artist of the week? Coming up a little later on in the show. And Mervyn Heffernan. Hello, Mervyn in Enfield this afternoon. He's a number of those milk bottles. God, they could be worth a bit, I think, in a few years' time. Welcome to Late Lunch. If you're just joining us, listening today on your radio, your uh, app or a smart device or whatever, you're welcome to the show. Um, 
Now, we move on. On late lunch this Tuesday afternoon, my next guest is a good friend of mine. I met him years ago. He's been on the show in studio here with me on a number of occasions and I admire him greatly. He's a lecturer in sociology at UCD and at the University of Wales. He's co-founder of Vegan Ireland and the Vegan Information Project. And you will see him if you want to see him in the flesh. He's on Virgin One tomorrow night on that show. It's very interesting called Eating with the Enemy. He wouldn't call me an enemy, would he? Good afternoon, Roger Yates. Hello, Jerry. You're not an er- enemy at all, no. <laughs> so, uh, Jerry, are you in your studio? Or I, I, I yeah. just wonder. Oh, right. I thought you might be at home in your dressing gown. Or so. <laughs> no, Roger. I was for five or six months last year. You're after oh, making right. a revelation. You're drawing a revelation out of me here on the show. But yes, I'm back in my studio at the moment. And it's great to talk to you by the wonders of technology this afternoon. Listen, come on to this show tomorrow night. Who are you facing off with, Roger? Um, a dairy farmer from um, Limerick. So um, we kind of we kind of knew in advance. So it's really interesting. It's a very he- heavily edited show, really. Mm. So it makes it it makes it look as though she didn't know I was a vegan and I didn't know she was a farmer, but we did mm. uh, in advance. And so it was just a qu- question of kind of do you have a meeting of minds, you know, that kind of thing. And they they try to say you know keep it keep it friendly which which we did and i think it was quite a rational discussion really in the end because it can become heated you know from both perspectives we've seen it at times in the past so you're happy have you seen the finished product that that's going out yes yes it's a it's a weird thing because um ever since they actually transmitted episode one you could see the first six which is the first series Mm. so you could see them online but you can't see them transmitted until tomorrow so I, i'm not quite sure how that works but it's obviously a media thing that i don't quite understand okay but uh, at the end of the day you put your case she put her, hers was there any uh, without giving too much away was there any meeting of minds or did you just go away uh, you know with the same thinking on either side i think we both probably said that in a sense that, that there wasn't a meeting of minds really but um in some senses um it wasn't to be expected you know she, yeah. she's a, a dedicated um, dairy farmer i've been vegan for more than 40 years and so i guess our positions are fairly fixed uh, at yeah. this stage at the same time you know we were able to talk about i mean there, there are lots of things i mean the, the the recording took all day and so uh, we talked about lots of things of course they edit it down to about seven minutes so you you only see the, the bits that the show want you to see you know mm. you know that kind of thing yeah 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 oh, i know the way it works and editing it's the most difficult uh game in this game be it radio or tv i can uh, empathize with that now let's mm. talk a little wider with yourself tell me first uh, i'm curious vegans and vaccines what's the story Ah yes, that's an interesting one. Um, it's it, vaccines are, are particularly difficult for vegans in the sense that, just like a lot of medications, they're tested on other animals. Now the the COVID one, if that's what you got in mind, there's a problem there in the sense that um, they researched on ferrets and other animals to find out the characteristics of COVID, and then ever since then there's been a global um, race to get the vaccines. Uh, online as we know so that means there's been lots of um other animals being tested on all over the world and then the other problem about vaccines is that not only do the product have to be tested and then marketed every time they produce a batch or what they call a lot that also has to be tested so it's it's a kind of heavily tested uh product from um a vegan point of view so vegans are not necessarily anti-vax 
but a lot of us are anti-vivisection and that then creates a moral dilemma for us in terms of vaccines. Yeah, and uh, of course then they go into the human population and there's quite extensive uh, testing and I am talking about the COVID, Roger, of course, uh, which is the one in focus at the moment. Do you think most vegans, are, well, how can you speak for most, but you, you say not, not anti-vax, but uh, many amenable to taking this vaccine to protect them against the COVID? Yes, there are. And obviously, they've also got to think about their jobs. They've also got to think about the fact that they've probably been encouraged to by their employees. Then you've got this issue of um, vaccine passports and all that kind of stuff. So if if vegans want to move around the world, which is another issue uh, for veganism, um, then, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot, there's lots of pressures. And really, it's... Um, it's a moral dilemma, that one, because you get pulled both ways. You know, you, there's pros and cons on both sides. How have you been finding your uh, your uh, community? You know, the message, you're a very active guy with uh, the people who are involved with you as well. You're visible normally in uh, normal times, if I can say yes. it. But, you know, <laughs> over the last year, it's been quite restrictive. Have you been availing of this technology you and I are using today? Yes, indeed. Although this particular one that you're you're on is it is new to me, but yeah. um, I I even got dressed today, um, <laughs> uh, just just in case you had a camera. But uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, we've been doing a lot of uh, online work. Um, I've um, I co I co-founded something called the Animal Rights Show, which is an online kind of platform, and we've been doing weekly shows, sometimes twice weekly shows um, for the last year, really. And I've been doing you know online conferences all over the world and that kind of stuff. And and then physically, I've been I've still been helping at the Back into Daylight um, Animal Sanctuary. Yes. And um, because you're a, you're able you're able to move around the country for animal welfare purposes. So so does that. And then one really exciting thing is um, you re- you'll remember Jennifer Faust yes. from yeah just over a year ago now. And so she's written a couple of um, vegan related songs, and the first one is about to be released. And so we're hoping for the end of um, April for that. It's taken a long time to do the video. Mm. It's funny. It's, it's a little bit like that, not the nine o'clock news thing. You know, nice video, shame about the song. Because yes. the, the video has taken longer than the song. But um, those, those, those are kind of things that we've been, been working at. Mm. You know, v, VIP itself is a little bit on the shelf, really, because obviously um, – we're not on the streets, yes. you know, which is our main thing. Yes, that's what I was thinking, all right. But in a way, with the show you're doing, podcast and that type of thing, you're reaching a, a huge audience, which is a benefit of it. Ah, oh, well, it's interesting, that one, because um, I've just started a kind of TikTok experiment. Now, TikTok, <laughs> for, for your listeners... Get dressed, a, Roger, get dressed, I advise yeah, you. I know, yeah. It's a very weird place. It's a really odd place. But um, it, it is a way of kind of getting out of what you might call the vegan bubble, because... When you're on other forms of social media, you can end up vegans can end up talking to each other. Yes, and so obviously we want to get our message out in terms of the general public, uh, you know, via people like your good self, of course. But um, so I, I went on to TikTok to try and do that, and it, it's an interesting place to put to put it mildly. But um, it's it's a continuing experiment. But it, there are some, well, there are some quite nasty people on there, to be honest. Mm. Because it had a reputation of being mainly for children. But now there's all kind of X-rated kind of stuff on there. Oh, now, so. Roger, yeah. listen, that world is populated by... To be honest with you, at, uh, I, I totally switch off. And I know it's important. You know, you can imagine it's important to us in the game we're in here. And you uh, get a lot of information, stories, keep in contact with people. But by God, at times, I think the button just to say goodbye for a while is a very important one to keep in mind. Let me ask you this. Mm. Easter's just passed. 
um, chalk fest for the majority. How did you fare out? I take it there's vegan chocolate and you feasted on oh, it. Oh, yeah, there's loads of that, but I tend I tend not to bother that much with with it now. I because I, I I don't I don't eat sugar, so right. um, that's that's a that's a kind of major issue mm. uh, in that sense. But there are lots and lots of vegan chocolates now. There, there always has been from the yes. 1980s, really. Yeah, so. but they've expanded. I see more of them. I just uh, myself uh, out and about doing the bit of shopping. And, well, there is a, a wide choice there now available for people. So they are no sugar, Roger, either. No, well, uh, that that is another ethical thing for me because um, sugar is a cash crop. And, um, you know, I'm always concerned about the fact that you've got these global multinational corporations and they they use up the best land of, of some very impoverished uh, nations and they grow you know coffee sugar and and all that on their well the actual indigenous farmers are kind of scratching around on the worst bit of land so that's an issue for me uh, it's just, just i mean it's i mean you could argue that it's a vegan issue but it's certainly an issue for this particular vegan I saw you posting recently a very interesting piece. It's not long, but I I, I read it and I've pondered on it since by uh, Herbert Marcuse. And it's called Veganism is the Great Refusal. And just one line from it stuck with me. And most of it does, to be honest with you. But it says, you know, you have true community up against isolating self-preservation promoted by society that's a very telling comment and when i thought about it i thought you know something it is a huge issue isn't it this thing community versus self-preservation and isolation yes it is yeah harbert marcuse is a really interesting guy he was part of the frankfurt school which is kind of like a neo-marxist type of group you know but um he he actually coined that phrase that everybody will know which is um make love not war Mm. He coined that phrase. So he was like the darling of the, of the students of the 1960s. Yes. But yeah, it, it is a big issue. But then, I mean, in some ways, veganism is about community in the sense that we're, we're trying to think in terms of the world being a global village. And so that, therefore, you know, veganism has always been interested in things like issues about famine and starvation and those, those kind of issues and the interlinks between what we do in the so-called West and what we do in the you know, so-called developing countries. I mean, COVID is an example of that. You know, our activities, I mean, like some people are saying that COVID is the start of something and not the end of something. It's a, it's a kind of bleak picture if if you want to look at it this way. So there are some zoonotic uh, disease experts and they're saying that we're going to have a whole bunch of these coming down the line because mm. of our own activities. For example, we've got global um travel now we've got encroachment on other animals uh habitats we've got um, climate change climate change is moving other animal uh populations around the world and we're moving around the world all the time and so you know the problems that we have now might actually just be the start of it if we want to look, look at a more kind of bleak picture of things. There's a lot of talk about that, that this may be the precursor uh, to to worse down the line. I don't mean to panic anybody, but it has to be considered. But look, when you think about this, and I've been thinking about it as well, that really mankind is going to self-destruct unless we do something, Roger. Yes, I think you're right. Um, I mean, to be honest, I tend to be a fairly optimistic person. Uh, in some senses, um, the pandemic has made me uh, less optimistic, even even a bit pessimistic. I mean, I, all I see now is people on the radio going, oh, I can't wait to, to get back to kind of global uh, 
mm. uh, transport, you know, flying over to Australia for weddings or this kind of stuff. Well, you can understand that. At the same time, you know, we do have an environmental crisis ongoing, you know, and uh, COVID has made it much worse, you know, all the plastics, PPE and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the, the ocean is just full of masks and, and plastic waste now. And so we do have a, a pretty kind of bleak future unless we come together, ironically, as you said, as a community. Mm. And, you know, I know you believe uh, fervently in, in the life you live and you've always been one to try and spread the message as well. Can you ever, what will it take to, to get people to finally wake up when you have, uh, you know, huge power vested in a small number of people and businesses and families and governments? Mm. Well, that's that's a big question. And if vegans knew the answer, we we would be yes. there, wouldn't we, uh, yeah, yeah. Jerry? But yeah. um I mean, obviously, we just carry on hoping that our educational efforts will eventually kind of pull through. Uh, but also, we are aware that, you know, the nature of, of human beings, we tend to kind of go right to the edge of the cliff before we stop. And I think that's kind of what we're doing with climate change. Some experts say that there is about 11 tipping points, and maybe about four or five of those have already gone. So we don't have a great deal of time, I don't think. But... Um, whether we've got the wherewithal, whether whether humans are going to prove to be rational enough to get ourselves out of this mess, I, I'm not sure. And I kind of, I kind of, you seem to be hinting that you're not sure either, Jerry. No, and I'm like you, as you know, I'm a very optimistic guy. I really am. I put out the bright side all the time. I try to be as positive as I can. Mm. But you know, when you think, when you and I, you know, I've been thinking about this, especially in the last year and where this has come from and what it means. And you've touched on many aspects of it today. It does leave me wondering, Roger. Yes, well, it's it's bound to, isn't it? And mm. I think I think I mean in some in some ways the elephant in the room of the COVID story is the fact that it originates as a zoonotic disease. So yes. that means that it's transferred from other animals to us. And the reason it's done that is because of what we're doing to the other animals. And so that's the elephant in in the room. And now, of course, we've got this problem of reverse zoonotic diseases. In other words, we're giving the other animals these problems now so there's been issues in mink farms for example where the mink gave a mutated version to humans who gave it back then it's mutated again so now of course we've got all these variants so that's a major problem for for vaccines for economics and everything in the future these mutations are a problem one way that um, this disease mutates is the fact that we're passing it from humans to other animals and back again so we've got to start asking some fundamental questions here. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and, and let's hope that they are asked. And that, you know, I know we all want to go back to a sense of normality. Roger, I just want to go for a pint with me buddies. You know, if I could get that, I think I'd be happy, you know, and a bit of fishing and travel and things like that in Ireland, you know, like, and I think it's probably uh, brought more perspective, you know, to life for us. Yeah. Well, I'll have a pint with you, Jerry, but I won't go fishing. I won't go fishing with you, though. <laughs> that's all right, Roger. I won't, I, I, won't, I won't have a barney with you on that one, that's for sure. Listen, you're a good guy. I always enjoy talking to you. Reminding listeners again, you can see Roger and Virgin One uh, tomorrow evening, Eating with the Enemy. It's a fascinating show. And look, Roger, we will be talking again, I'm sure. I wish you well. 
And you, Jerry. You take care, mate. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. That's uh, Roger Yates there joining me on late lunch this afternoon. It is thought provoking, and uh, you know I am not a vegan myself. I certainly ain't, and I enjoy my fish and my chicken and a little bit of meat now and again, of course. Uh, but I respect his view and his thinking, and there's a lot. In uh, what uh, the philosophy says, and if you read more about it, you'll see that. And uh, I'm delighted to have him on with me on Late Lunch this afternoon. Stay with us on the show. Still to come, we're going to talk to a Leaving Cert student, Aisha Jalali. She's been with us from time to time. She's on our Easter break. The Leaving Cert is looming. What's her take on education and life? My artist of the week, Roy Orbison, uh, is the man. Yes, I gave it to you there. He is the man, Roy Orbison. Number of you have got it at this stage. He is my artist of the week this week. Stay with us here. Short break, late lunch. Sweet home, Alabama. Leonard Skinner on late lunch this afternoon. We'll dedicate that to Dermot Jock McLaughlin, local Bowden man from Retholt. Yes, he's the man trained the winner of the Grand National yesterday. Freewheeling Dylan, 150 to 1. Imagine if you had a five on him. I'm always like that. I'm great in hindsight, aren't I? That comes in from Ulick, John, Joe, Claire, Helen and Marguerite McDonald. They're delighted for you, Dermot. And so is everybody. I hope you told a few people. <laughs> At 150 to 1. I wouldn't think there was too many new. Great day for the bookies, a fella like that. Winning the national. Congratulations to all concerned. It's simply wonderful. John's called in uh, from Dundalk to say, Jerry, I'd like to know what you think of the teachers now and your opinion on who you would vaccinate first, the guardian or the teachers. I was going to mention them all right. I've mentioned them a few times, haven't I, in the past. I was just going to say, here we go again. You know, the conferences are, are on at the moment. I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is about them. But like, I won't say, I'd be afraid to say what I really think just at this minute in time. But anyway, if you want my opinion, John, on this, this is my opinion. You know, everybody would love to have the vaccine first. And, you know, they've changed their mind. I understand that. So um, a hope was built up among teachers and others that they'd be prioritised for the vaccine. When they've re-looked at this, and it's happened in other countries, they've decided to do it from the eldest age down. And that seems to be the best way to protect the most vulnerable people. I understand teachers in the classes, moving through classes and many students, and it's a very important job they do. But there are many other important jobs as well. I've said this before. You know, and uh, teachers in the past have annoyed me and many people with the attitude they've taken during this last year. They really have. And it won't be forgotten. I will tell you that. It will never be forgotten. And I understand they want to protect their members. But I say, what about the retail staff? What about the staff in retail where I go shopping? Uh, and all those people in there every day facing thousands and thousands of different people from different households. Surely the retail staff should be a priority. What about the people who deliver on post? The uh, postal people who call to many, many houses. And people they're the only people they see during the day. They call to many different people. And they're out and about there all, and delivery staff, all delivery staff. What about prioritising them as well? Yes, Gardy, I know that. Uh, they're on the front line also. Where do you begin or end? And why should teachers have priority above people like that? Tell me honestly why. Are they that special? Hmm. That's my pen at Tuppence Worth if you wanted today anyway as regards vaccine. I'll wait me turn. I don't know when I'm due. I'll wait me turn and I'll accept it when it comes. No problem. But I have to say, yes, an expectation was created that they would be prioritised. And this is a moving feast all the time. The advice has changed and the government are acting on that advice. 
and I think that advice is best. And I tell them, just to understand, teachers, you're off on holidays again now. You have your conferences on. Hopefully you're all back next Monday. You know, you've been uh, not in school for a lot of the year and that's understandable as well. The schools were closed and you worked away on an online basis and you did your best, many of you. I know that as well. But you stand in line like the rest. And there are others who would say they deserve to be vaccinated more quickly. I'll leave it with you. 086-1800-658. That's the number you need always to join in the conversation on late lunch. Thank you for your messages by WhatsApp or text. They're coming to me. Austin Lynch. Hello, Austin. And Beliver today has one of the milk bottles I was gifted as well. And he also has two Italian 90 glasses. I think they're pint tumblers they look like in the picture with handles. They're lovely, Austin. Health to wear and enjoy. Eddie Joyce has one as well. Good afternoon, Eddie. Great to have you with us on the show this afternoon. Uh, Bill Gates will have us all vegan soon and we'll all be eating a synthetic beef, says a listener. Thank you for your comment uh, to the show today. Now we move on and my next guest is a regular on Late Lunch. We began speaking to her at the start of term last year because she was going into her leaving search year. She's at Dundalk Grammar School and she's a wonderful young woman. I'm delighted to say hello again to Aisha Jalali. Hello, Aisha. Hi, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm good. Well, you're with me today because we want to hear how you're getting on. You're on the Easter break. What was it like when you went back just before uh, this time? How was it returning to school? Uh, Well, when we went back, I think definitely wasn't as bad as the first sort of, I guess, shock factor after coming in from that first lockdown. I think... um, the second lockdown more felt like a fever dream than anything else. So when we got back in school, it was less sort of like, oh, my God, why are we here? And more just about, OK, let's just get on with it now. Um, and I guess, to be honest, it just kind of blended in with that last lockdown, in my opinion, the whole school year, because I feel like online classes, at least, you know, we're in six years so they'd have to be. The online classes were much more just, you know, like any other Mm. real life class, which was um, I didn't think that was possible. But there you have it. Lots of surprises. So you were able to make it work via online and now the combination much less time in school this year. You felt it worked okay for you. Um, I think the last one felt okay. And listen, I don't know if that's because it was executed well or it was just out of necessity for me to actually do something. But I found in my experience that it wasn't actually that bad this time around. And what about to your friends and classmates and that? Would they have that same, you know, feel about it? I think so. I mean, you know, the general sort of, I guess, vibe with students right now is just to kind of joke about the whole situation. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, in the moment you kind of feel like, well, this is a bit, you know, dossy because we're texting each other and like joking about this whole situation. But I think like behind the scenes, everyone is working really hard just to even keep up that facade and keep up the work standard. Yeah, so you have been like, would you say, you know, that you've been putting in the time, giving it as much as if it were normal times and you were attending classes every day? Yeah. Absolutely. Good I think to hear. actually I think actually there was more pressure to attend <laughs> online classes. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, they'd they'd really be checking um the names and everything. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So that's good. So and uh, that's really, really positive. Have you had mm. or are you taking any oral exams yourself? I took my two orals in the German language and the Irish language last week. Um 
and I had to go into school for them. I put on my uniform even though it wasn't really required and for my German which was my first one I had an external examiner and then Irish I had my own Irish teacher so that second one was a bit less stressful but the thing is I am so glad mine were in the first week of Easter. I know people were just annoyed in general that they'd be happening during the holidays when usually they'd be before or after but listen having them out of the way that first week I just I feel so much better now good and I know so many other students in their schools they've got them now in the second week as well as their musical practicals and everything else and Mm. I just it's because you know then it's not really a holiday because you're definitely not going to be relaxing the first week if you know you've got orals the second and then yeah the whole second week you'd be working and studying we think of those who uh, drew the short straw anyway you didn't and and they're, they're done and dusted at this stage what do you make of you know the last time we spoke it was all in the ether really whether it would be exams or grades or a combination of both uh, ask you today how do you feel now you know what lies ahead the way your uh, leaving cert is going to be assessed how do you feel mm-hmm. um i mean i think there is a bit more specification to be done with some of the actual exam guidelines but for me personally who's doing a lot of practical subjects like DCG or art or you know a lot of subjects that require project work the exam changes that they made and that they announced with loads of time to kind of get it into our minds was an absolute godsend I was so happy with them and I think everyone was really happy with them we all came in the next day discussing them and I didn't hear one bag uh, one bad comment on it Good to hear. Now, what about uh, besides school? You mentioned the Easter holidays. We are still under restrictions. Very little socialising. How are you faring out there? Is that one of the biggest things you miss in life? It sort of is one of the biggest things. And um, you sort of don't notice until you are off school, you know, because when you're in school, I mean, you can feel guilty about it all you like, but whether you like it or not, you will be faced with other people your age in a classroom, you know. Um, but in the holidays, you're really kind of on your own. And it just sort of makes you realise um, that seeing people in school when so many people have actually just been on their own this entire time, it's nothing to sneeze at having that kind of connection every single day. Is it difficult to keep motivated, to keep, you know, the mind focused, number one, on what you're doing, but at the same time, there is no release? Is that, is that causing difficulty among your uh, greater circle of friends again, just to widen it a little bit? I think it is causing difficulty with my friends especially and I know you know I've had a lot of text messages the last few weeks saying I miss you so much I wish we could meet up I wish we could see each other I've been looking at pictures from the last year and what I would have been doing visiting family or meeting up with my friends around this time either two years ago or like um, I think a few times last year and it just really kind of makes you feel very lonely Jerry. to be honest. Mm. Oh my word, like it's it's a massive issue, isn't it? For everybody of mm. every age, Aisha, you know that this... See, I think the thing about students right now, um, in my position doing the Leaving Cert, I think there's always that feeling among exam cycle students of, okay, let's just keep pushing until summer and you know that's kind of all you think about summer 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 and you don't actually think about what life will be like after the exams you just know you have to make it to them and now it's sort of hitting me when I'm in these Easter holidays what's the difference going to be? 
Yeah, well, hopefully, Aisha, with uh, the rollout of the vaccine picking up now, you know, big numbers being vaccinated over April and May. By the time you come out of your exams, I'm really hoping, Aisha, just to give you hope and all your fellow students that it's going to be a different world. Please, God. I hope so. I hope so. Because, I, you know, there are so many people that I miss that are in my mind all times. I just... You know, I want an excuse to see people again and to talk to people. Yeah, and you're missing so much. You know, young people, I spoke to Kevin Myers on this show a while back. He's so an interesting man and thought-provoking. And he was just saying that young people are missing doing what they should be doing. You know, uh, going a bit wild, socialising, you know, making mistakes. You know what I'm talking about? Learning and finding a way through life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like we are kind of missing out on that adventurous sort of aspect of teenage life because, you know, at this point, this is like our first year into this whole COVID situation and we've sort of been conditioned to be a bit more cautious at this point. So even I'm wondering when everything's over, will we even be able to kind of pick it back up, you know, make up for last time? But I hope we will and I'm I'm confident that we will. Ah, you will. Look, you're a youngster. You have time on your side. The world's your oyster from here on in and you have to really have that viewpoint in life and do have it. Do hold that thought with you. Back to to the classroom just for a moment. When you did go back, what was the atmosphere like in there? Was it relaxed? Was it apprehensive? You know, can you describe it? Can I describe it? Well, like I said, I think going in from lockdown, the online learning to the real life learning, it kind of blended in seamlessly. So I think when we came back in on that first day and we all sat down and, you know, we got to the lessons, it was just very much like any normal Monday morning is after the holidays, you know, just sit down back to business Um yeah, the atmosphere was just very, I guess, straightforward. Let's get cracking. Yeah. Mm. And, and I'm just thinking, Easter time used to be a big time for review. You know, the special grinds that were put on that you could sign in if you wanted to go for intense learning. Uh, you know, I don't know, is that happening online or has it been happening this week or during this week? Um, I do know it's been happening and I know this because um, I was actually meant to be doing some grinds and some study time um, before in the time before I knew when my orals would be scheduled. And it was actually a bit of a scheduling nightmare because I didn't know when exactly my orals would be because, you know, we didn't know when the time period would be. So actually booking in for those study sessions would be a bit of a nightmare. So now I don't actually have anything booked at all. I mean, I'm doing regular grinds and everything, but there's not really that sense of, you know, um, Easter, Easter intensive learning. There's not really... Yes, kind of, I was yeah, just thinking yeah. about that because I remembered my own children, them doing these weekends. They always gave out yards about it anyway. Oh, I'm on my holidays. <laughs> Why do I have to do this extra bit? But there you go. It's still happening in the online world. So, young woman, the uh, the time frame is narrowing. It's getting closer. Are you getting a little nervy or do you believe you just take it in your stride now? Because the exams will start very soon. They will. And there's definitely a fire underneath us all at this point. Um But I think as well, you know, there's still so much to do. I mean, for me, I still need to send two projects off art and history. So I'm kind of not even able to really just think about the exams themselves, you know, (laughs) not quite yet. Okay. Um, But definitely there is, it's it's getting very close (laughs) and you can kind of feel it, you know, you can definitely see it coming. The thing about the predicted and the real life exams, it's kind of like serving two masters you know because 
there are very different things that you need to do for either. And I know people always say, oh, well, you know, if you just choose one or if you just focus on one, of course that's not true because, you know, I think most people are doing exams in at least some of their subjects and even still they're getting their predicted grades and you don't want to put all your focus into study and then neglect classes and then if you fall short on your exams after all and then you can't rely on that predicted grade, it's a bit annoying having to kind of constantly balance the two. Mm, It's a balancing act indeed. Anyway, I want to wish you well. Lovely to touch base with you and see how you're going this Easter time. I wish you well over the weeks ahead as the exams come into focus for you and we will talk again, I'm sure, before you actually sit down to take those exams. Aisha, thank you so much for joining me and extend our good wishes to all your colleagues and friends in the same boat. Thank you, Jerry. Happy late Easter to everyone. You too. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Aisha Jalali there. She's a wonderful young woman speaking to me. She's a student leaving Cert at Dundalk Grammar School and you've heard there about the worries and concerns and the mental health challenges that they face uh, every day as well. It's a real concern. It really, really is. But I say it again, all we can do is try our best to keep the best side out and dig in at this time and there are better days ahead for sure. I'm very sure of that. There will be better times ahead for everybody. Late lunch LMFM radio still to come on the show. More of your comments a few other things to chat to you about as well and my artist of the week uh, this week. The short week is none other than the brilliant Roy Alberson. Stay with us. News flash the first swallow has been spotted Yesterday, Angela's been on to us to say she saw the first swallow yesterday and she knows how we love our wildlife on late lunch. Thank you so much for telling us. I think that's on the Meath Cavern border there, the first swallow. I wish them well because with this cold weather, they're in real trouble because they rely on small insects to feed on. And with the cold chill for the next week, I'm afraid it's going to be tough to survive for them. It really is. Have you spotted any of the migratory birds yet? Have you seen a swallow or a house martin or, you know, their ilk that arrive at this time of the year from Africa? If you have, do let us no one late lunch but that's the first message I've got so yesterday was the 5th of April the first swallow Cavan Meath border there spotted by Angela thank you for letting us know if you've seen them do let me know 086-1800-658 tell us where you are and where you spotted them 086-1800-658 WhatsApp or text me or you can call in on 1850-715-958 lots of comment from you listen to this Jerry, I'm a secondary school principal and I'm over 60. Yes, I want the vaccine to stay safe and to be able to see my grandchildren and do all the things everyone else wants. But I'm just disgusted by the eternal squabbling while one group say they deserve the vaccine more than another. Has not one person thought of the millions of other people who have no hope of ever receiving it? Remember Mike Ryan, who reminds us every day of those in the third world suffering this pandemic with no voice and no one to care. I will wait my turn. I do not want unions or anyone else to speak on my behalf. And I will do the best I can to keep those in my care and school safe while I wait. Dignity, respect and care would go a long way today. Marvellous message. I won't mention your name. I appreciate you sending it in to me. 
Another one there. Jerry, you're dead right. Teachers are just like everybody else. We'll all have to wait our turn. Another one there. Jerry, teachers need to be treated equally to all frontline workers. All frontline workers should be a priority. I'm a healthcare worker and have been un and have been vaccinated. I beg your pardon. I can understand their frustrations. It can be a worrying time for people. Most definitely all frontline workers should be priority, and that includes teachers and the guardy. Thank you for reading for reading your comment, for reading my comment, says Robert. Thank you indeed, Robert. And just one more here before we head to news, weather and sport at three. Hi Jerry, I'm a family carer with two girls with autism, special and additional needs, who've regressed so badly with this lockdown. I have a little fella at preschool. Online learning most certainly didn't or doesn't work for my girls. The thought of teachers wanting to skip the vaccination queue or else is shameful. They've missed so much and there's only a few months left before they get their paid holidays. Thank you indeed for your comments. I'll come back to them, I promise you, after three. But taking us there is Rihanna. The only girl in the world, is she? Really? I remember with the umbrella years ago. The only girl in the world, Rihanna. Not in your life. There's loads of them. Loads and loads and loads. Free the Dubai too. I got a, a message on WhatsApp over the weekend. You can only imagine what the, the picture showed. Yes, what about that pair who went out to Dubai to get their boobs enhanced and then didn't get it done, they said, when they came back. Double D's is right. Double dopes. That's what they are. And no care for anybody. Then they come back. They know the rules and regulations. you got to go into quarantine. And there's a hoorah about it. Now, I know they went back to court last night and the fines were reduced. But they have to uh, stay in quarantine. And now their families are on saying, oh, there's children and everything. Who looked after their children when they were away getting the yokies pumped up? Who was looking after the children back here at that stage? Did they think about this when they were coming back? I don't buy any of it at all, to be honest with you. Such shameful behaviour. Anyone who travels at this time for anything other than an essential or urgent reason are out of order. And you've got to play by the rules. you got to, if you go, you're going to come back. You're going to face the consequences. It's as simple as that. Holy God Almighty. Everybody trying to do their damnness and then this happens in the name of God. Another gripe I have, yeah, I got a picture in uh, from the RD Richardstown Road sent to, me, sent to me. If you saw what some idiots did overnight, black bags of rubbish strewn everywhere and there were people out on that road working over the holiday weekend to take the rubbish away from the ditches and clean it up and they go out this morning and all that stuff is just left there because people won't pay how much a week to have their own rubbish collected. Disgraceful. I'd love if they were caught. I really would. It's a scourge dumping and rubbish. It really is. I say it again and it's shameful on anybody who does that type of thing and the full force of the law like the Dubai 2 should be brought upon them if they're caught but it's uh, shocking well done to all the people who've been out there working hard on that RD Richestown Road to keep it pristine and then that scourge happens in the last 24 hours I was looking at the pictures that just make you sick to be honest with you now back to your comments on the flying into us this afternoon on the show the swallows yes Hillary Lynch hello Hillary Hillary saw two swallows a pair of them in Beliver late last week now the listener on to say Jerry yes my brother just remarked the other day 
that he saw one in Dunlear. Ah, oh, was it just one that was there? Another message coming to me. I saw the first swallow on the 2nd of April in Muller, Jerry. I know Muller well. It's a great lake there. Wonderful pike in it. Hot spot lake is right. Muller, but swallow spotted there. My good friend Jerry Martin in Sligo. I'll say hello to him today. He was out on the lake last Thursday, you lucky duck. And he saw a group of swallows. So swallows in the west of Ireland. Already everything happens earlier in the West, doesn't it? It really does. Uh, back uh, to the teachers. Jerry uh, says, Sean from Dundalk. Jerry, sorry, it's not the teachers' fault. It's the unions that are the problem. And I say again, Sean, the teachers elect the representatives who elect the unions who employ the officials. So, you know, from bottom up, everybody has a say. But I hear what you're saying, Sean. Thanks indeed for the message. Totally disagree with Jerry in his statement regards the COVID jab, says another listener. I've been locked in my home since last March. I have a daughter who's a teacher. She had to move out because of my condition and pay top money to rent a house. I just wish she could get her jab very soon that she can move back home and help me. And I understand what you're saying. And I'm happy to relay your sentiments on the show today your particular predicament I see it and you want your daughter and I understand that and all of us do want our nearest and dearest to be protected but there is now a way and it's not based on age and it will come down eventually to everybody Jerry, teachers are the most self-entitled and spoilt of all groups and should not get vaccinated before the older population and people with ill health teachers will only have to work about six weeks between now the Easter break and their long summer holidays. At this stage, they would only be fully vaccinated in time for the holidays. Very good point. It would be a joke and very disrespectful to the more deserving. Thank you for your comment. Jerry, what do you think of our Taoiseach in December going to a boxing match? I heard that in the in the in the periphery of things the last few days. I can't comment on it. I don't know the exact details. Thank you indeed for all your comments to the show. Make sure you always have the number to get involved with us here. You're welcome every day. 086-1800-658. You can always WhatsApp or text me to the show. Now, my artist of the week is Roy Kelton Orbison. Kelton, interesting middle name, isn't it? He was born on the 23rd of April this month in 1936. He began singing in a rockabilly band at high school and signed for his first record label, Sun Records, at the age of 20 in 1956. But it was with Monument Records in the 60s that he enjoyed his greatest success. From 60 to 66, listen to this, 22 of Orbison's singles charted on the Billboard Top 40 in the USA. A remarkable run for a man who was known for his shyness and and stage fright, which is why he wore those trademark dark glasses. He was a brilliant writer, penning almost all of his string of big hits. He was born in Texas, raised in Fort Worth, and he started playing guitar when he was six. He got the guitar from his dad. At high school, he formed a band called the Wink Westerners, who became the Teen Kings, which led him to signing Whitson Records. However, he was dropped, but continued to earn a living gigging in the locality. He wrote and wrote and recorded this one, in the early 60s in the RCA studios in Nashville. Yes, Roy Orbison was on his way to fame and fortune. (laughs) 
Roy Orbison, my artist of the week, the big O. Number one in the UK, went straight to number one and two on the US Billboard Top 100. And what a man he was. More about Roy Orbison and his music tomorrow round about this time on Late Lunch. Jerry, they could have got chicken fillets in any butchers locally and they didn't have to go to Dubai if they wanted to do the job. A big boo-boo says a listener. Oh my God, you've made me laugh so much with your double dopes. Love it, Jerry, says Tracy. Jerry, I agree with you. Uh, every word you said about that Dubai pair. Silly asses. And the unions, Jerry, they should be ashamed of themselves. Thanks indeed for all your comments to the show this afternoon. Well, we're heading to our final break on this Tuesday and we have more opinion for you after the break because the brilliant the most brilliant observer of life. Yes, she's with us uh, regularly now on Late Lunch. Sinead Burke brings us another of Burke's banter. Sinead Burke is a brilliant observer of life and we love to hear from her. And today she brings us the latest in Burke's banter. It's all about the pensioner variant. Lucas, I know it's pointless to start throwing the blame around at this stage, but the question still needs to be asked. Did we really think this one out? Granted, it's been a topsy-turvy 12 months. Between roadmaps and roadside checks, a lot of us really haven't known whether we're coming or going within our five kilometres. It is perfectly understandable that amid corona chaos and crisis, some things were going to be missed. In the uncharted territory of the past year, mistakes were always going to be made. However... The law of unintended consequences shows no mercy. And to be quite frank about it, I am now genuinely fearful of a new unforeseen threat which could have seriously negative impacts on us all over the next couple of months. The pensioner variant. We have decided to vaccinate the segment of society with the highest disposable income and no responsibilities first. Our most senior of citizens have no jobs to keep them on the straight and narrow, no children to get up for, and after a year of talking to their friends and relatives through windows, a lot of partying to make up for. Has anyone in Nefford ever even seen Last of the Summer Wine? I'm not a monster. Of course I don't begrudge any elderly person the freedom and confidence having the vaccine will bring. God knows they deserve it. However... If the regular carnage and regret of leaving cert results night has taught us anything, it's that releasing any large group of people into the world unsupervised and after a long time spent locked at home only leads to trouble. I used to think the late bus to the Oasis nightclub in 1995 was probably as near to a mobile Sodom and Gomorrah as a local transport provider could get. Now I worry for the minibus driver collecting members of Navin Friendship Club for their first meeting back. Unlike this driver, many other innocents have been put in jeopardy by this dangerous new rollout plan. Has anyone thought about Daniel O'Donnell in all of this? Starved of country and Irish music and a good night out, our over 65s will be salivating for a burst of Stand Beside Me for the times that's in it. I wonder did Dermot Bannon install security gates when he was fitting Daniel's 56 new en-suites that time? We'll have to pray he did. The worst of all of this is once released back into the world, we will have no way of knowing what this shower are planning. Unlike younger people, our senior citizens don't feel the need to announce everything that they are up to over social media. 
a strategy that now looks very clever and a calculated manoeuvre. For all the effort the lads in the Garda National Surveillance Unit put in, monitoring private Facebook chats and dark web manifestos, these tactics will be completely ineffective in gathering intelligence as to what our elderlies are planning. This crowd are old school and won't be leaving any digital footprints leading the authorities to their COVID-free carry-on. And then there's the financial implications. How many pensioners, once unchained from house arrest, might decide life is for living and start spending their children's inheritance? I say this as someone who has two kids to put through college. Don't start losing the head, lads. You absolutely should have the week in Spain. But I will block the road to Dublin Airport myself if I suspect you're swapping it for a gambling trip to Vegas. You could argue, of course, that this is a sweet and long-awaited karma for our elderlies. There is a silver-haired serendipity to all of this. For years, many older people have felt unsafe in our streets and have felt nervous of walking by gangs of young people. Well, to the 637,567 Irish citizens over 65, I say, your time has come. The countless pleas from Tony Houlihan asking youngsters to stay at home is clearing the way for you to run free wherever you want, completely unsupervised. Gather in parks and on greens, in as large a number as you wish. Congregate in huge and intimidating crowds on street corners. Block the entrances to shops with your chatting and acting the maggot. Who's going to stop you? And feck the travel restrictions. You have a bus pass. For the foreseeable future, you are untouchable. And you deserve it. Sinead Burke there with her latest observation on life, the pensioner variant. Thank you indeed, Sinead. And more from Sinead and on. That's a lot on late lunch this uh, Tuesday after the Easter holiday. Coming up on tomorrow's show, Rory O'Connor from Rory Stories is joining me and he has some story to tell. Young uh, Toher poultry farmer, yes, a young lad from Toher is making waves in the industry. Paul's pets, we'll be hearing about those. And Tomas Hannity will be with us on late lunch tomorrow afternoon. My thanks to Brian Farley who guided me safely through the last couple of hours today. Thanks, Brian. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. Late Lunch, back tomorrow, 1.30. See you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada Dundalk and Cavan. Let us amaze you with our fantastic used car offers. With over 300 different makes and models, we have the biggest selection of pre-owned cars to choose from. Let Blackstone Motors find the perfect car for you. Finance can be arranged to suit all budgets. Call or visit blackstonemotors.ie today to find your next car. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 